Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. Stand up for your country. General Milley. Wow, talk radio exploded today with General Milley. So I'm going to approach this story from a different angle. I think you'll be interested to hear what we know. Um, And it's, again, different than what you'll hear on cable and in talk radio. But first, the... uh, Biden's schedule, nothing much today. Uh, President's recovering from his California jaunt. Uh, COVID meeting, national security, uh, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And this evening he meets with Senators Manchin and Cinema to try to get them on board with the massive spending bill. That meeting will take place in the White House. Um, let me get the uh, California recall out of the way, and then we'll get to Millie. Millie's story is very interesting. Um, a lot of subtext to it. All right, so uh, Gavin Newsom uh, kept his job. Uh, final tally, 64% wanting to keep him, 36% wanting to boot him. Um, as far as exit polling, Democrats 43% voted, Republicans 26 Independents 31 So the independents kept Newsom. More exit polling from CNN. Uh, is Newsom in touch with Californians? Yes, 54. No, 42. Uh, what about his uh, COVID policies? Uh, about right, 45%. Um, too strict, 32. Eh. Um, and on and on. Um, the bottom line here is that Newsom had $75 million. He linked up Larry Elder, who would have won uh, the governorship if Newsom was booted with Donald Trump. It was Trump, Trump, Trump. In California, they're still there, I guess. And here's what Newsom said. I I said this many, many times on the campaign trail. You know, we may have defeated Trump, but Trumpism is not dead in this country. The big lie, January 6th insurrection, all the voting suppression efforts that are happening all across this country, what's happening, the assault on fundamental rights, constitutionally protected rights of women and girls. Yeah, all right. You know, so California's gone. In our lifetimes, it's never going to come back. And the reason is it has the most poor people of any state, and they are dependent on uh, the government, state and federal, for money. And Democrats just keep up in that. So they're always going to vote for the Democrats. And then the elite in California, the really money money people, Silicon Valley, Hollywood, all of that, far, far left people. And it's not going to, you know, the 36 percent of Republicans or whatever, you have no voice. It's just not coming back. And here's the interesting thing. New York and Illinois, the same category as California. So in any presidential race. Democrats start out with immediately 104 electoral votes out of the 270 needed. So they, they start out with about 40 percent from three states that are never going to vote Republican again. That's interesting, isn't it? All right. Um, is this a lifeline for Biden, uh, the recall going the Democrats way? No. Quinnipiac poll uh, just out. Do you approve of Joe Biden's job performance? Approve 42, disapprove 50. He's sinking, and I think he will continue to sink. Uh, let's go to General Milley. Uh, put his picture on up 
there. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't even know General Milley is. He's a top commander in the United States, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, 63 years old. He's got an impressive uh, educational resume, two master's degrees. Um, he was nominated for the job in 2018 by Donald Trump. You know, Trump thought he was a good guy. <laughs> I don't think so anymore. Um, and then Milley, you know, has served his country honorably uh, all these years. But is he an honorable man? We'll find out. So Woodward and a guy named Costa write a book called Peril. And it's, just, it's what Woodward always does. And I analyze his last book. I'm not going to do it. I'm not even bothering with Peril. All right, because how this works is if you are a recognizable author, as I am, as Woodward is, you go to your publisher and you give them an outline of what you'd like to write next. And the publisher says yes or no and pays you millions of dollars if they like it. That's how it works. Now, in Woodward's case, he has to write a book about Trump being a danger to the country. That's what he's done for the past five years. Trump's bad, okay? And he, I think he's got three bad Trump books. This is the third. He also includes Biden in his book to take a little bit of the edge off. So there are reports that the book has 200 anonymous sources. I don't know whether that's true or not, but I know 90% of the sources in the book are anonymous. You don't know who they are. And that's easy. You can make any kind of of a storyline based on anonymous sources. It's simple. So there are a couple of things here with Millie, all right? Apparently, he made some calls to China right after the January 6th attack on the Capitol. And in those calls, he told the Chinese, according to Woodward, that don't worry about any craziness from Trump. Yes, he is a loon. This is Millie's words, but I'm, I'm controlling the nuclear stuff and it's not going to be, nothing's going to happen. Is that true? I think the calls were made because Woodward and Costa would have to have a, um, not a transcript, but a record of those calls before they could do this. So they have a record. Somebody leaked them a record from within the Pentagon that Millie made calls, not only to China, but to other nations as well. But China is a big one. So the allegation is that Millie circumvented the Constitution and did a silent coup by telling foreign nations, I'm really in charge. Remember Alexander Haig did that off the cuff when Ronald Reagan uh, was in physical trouble after the assassination attempt? I'm in charge here. Remember that? But this is, this is much more calculated, if it's true. If it's true. So the right wants to believe it's true. Conservatives want to believe it's true. And even some liberals are going, oh, Millie, you've got to be court-martialed. You've got to be tried for treason, whatever. That's always the way it goes in this country. Now, we don't have any evidence of what was said in those phone calls, but we could get it and easy. And I'll tell you that in a moment. So Woodward and Costa write the book, all anonymous sources. They got to have some sensational stuff where the book won't sell. Uh, the most sensational is that Millie 
thought Trump was dangerous and Trump might do something with the nuclear code. And Milley called China to say, don't worry about it. I'm in really in charge and nothing's going to happen. That's according to Woodward and Costa. Okay. So here's what we know for sure. Here's what we know for sure. Milley did make the call, but we don't know what was said. But the Senate Foreign Relations Committee could tomorrow issue a subpoena to find out the transcripts, to get the transcripts of the call, unless there are no transcripts, and that would be very, very unusual. All right? So that's what should happen tomorrow. All right? All the people on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee get the subpoena. We want the transcript of the calls, any calls, maybe between, say, December 1st, 2020, and Inauguration Day, that Milley made to China. We want them. Let's see them. Right? Because then you get, if you get the transcript, you know what the deuce happened. And you don't have to listen to endless speculation in the media. The second thing that I know is that Milley wanted to keep his job. Though he's a Trump appointee. Right? And Biden was elected. And Biden's going to be sworn in, and Milley wants to keep his job. Hmm. So Milley could very well have made some calls, and of course he would tell the Biden people, "Hey, you know, look, I'm, I'm laying the groundwork for you to take over. Don't worry, nothing's going to happen crazy. Even though we all know that Trump's a loon, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that probably happened. Now this is speculation on my part." It's speculation, but I would bet a million dollars that that's exactly what motivated General Milley. Keep his job. Okay. Now, we'll see if the Senate Foreign Relations Committee does its job, because, of course, the American people have to know what General Milley did. The rest of the dopey book doesn't matter. All right? Nothing in that book matters. <laughs> 200 anonymous sources. If, in fact, that's true. I didn't, I'm not going to read the book. I, I read the last one, Rage, and it was ridiculous. And I got to tell you, from a personal point of view, I was talking to President Trump around the time of the Capitol uh, thing. He was caught by surprise. He didn't know that was going to happen. And then afterward, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. And unfortunately, his advisors were not the best. But, you know, to say that he was in some kind of paranoid fog, that he would launch a war, that's insane. All right? And I know that because I have access to President Trump to this moment. I have access to him. And I would have known if there was some kind of, if he was out of control, and I would have reported it if that were true. But it wasn't. He didn't know what to do after that capital attack. All right. Big story. And I uh, talked about it with Sean Hannity uh, today on the radio. Um, I mean, worth listening to. you give you a little more. I, get, I, I gave you the outline that I gave Hannity, but it was a little more back and forth with Hannity over uh, this Millie situation. 
And um, I'll lead with this tomorrow again. Millie, by the way, issued a statement that said, I didn't do anything wrong. I just did my job. As commander of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, my job is to check in with other countries and make sure that they are um, up to date on what's happening in the USA. And the Capitol insurrection was a big thing. So that's what Millie said. I didn't do anything wrong. I just did what I always do. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, if you have any questions on this, by the way, tomorrow I'm going to have some time to deal with this. So Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. I'll answer you know, your questions. But please don't speculate. Don't get into the conspiracy zone because it doesn't do anybody any good. I'm not going to waste your time with stuff like that. What I just told you the last uh, 10 minutes is fact-based. Now, there was one piece of speculation why Millie made the calls on my part. But as I said, I'd back it up with a million-dollar bet. Okay, federal tax collections just in this, this fiscal year up to August. The federal fiscal year ends in October. Okay, so $3.6 trillion have been collected by the federal government from we the people. $3.6 trillion. Second highest of all time. The highest was last year in COVID. Okay? Now, that sounds like, wow, U.S. federal government, they're washing money. Mm-mm. They spent $6.4 trillion in the same period of time. So even though they got $3.6 trillion in tax dollars in nine, 10 months, 10 months, okay, they still run a deficit of $3 trillion. Now, that is irresponsible, out-of-control spending, ladies and gentlemen. That's bankruptcy spending. And now Biden wants $3.5 trillion more? This is so bad, and people don't pay attention to this. That's why Manchin and Cinema are being wined and dined at the White House tonight, trying to get them on board. All right, now uh, the unvaccinated American uh, population is going to come under fiscal attack. So the Kaiser Family Foundation has analyzed that just in August, last month, the unvaccinated COVID patients in hospitals cost the nation almost $4 billion. So this is just a, a continuing, if you're vaxxed, you're, if you're not vaxxed, you're hurting the country. Arizona suing President Biden over the VAX mandate, pretty easy. Um, the Attorney General, Mark Brnovich, says, quote, the federal government cannot force people to get the COVID vaccine. The Biden administration is once again flouting our laws and precedents, push their radical agenda, unquote. I told you there are going to be these lawsuits, and they'll be all day long. There'll be so many of them on every level. Here's another one. In New York, a federal judge blocked state officials from imposing vaccine requirements on healthcare workers in this state, where I am right now. And it said, you have to give people a religious out if they have a conscious problem with taking the vax, you gotta allow them that. It's like being a conscientious objector to going into the military, all right? Now, the, the religious objection is along fetal cell lines. That means that um, 
after a fetus is killed in an abortion, they take the poor fetus and they use parts of it in medical research. All right, and Catholics and others say that's an abomination. We don't believe in that. So anything that comes from that fetal tissue research, we're not going to participate in. That is the religious objection. And that will prevail in the federal courts. Um, not all vaccines use the fetal lines. Some did, some didn't. And I don't know which is which. When I find out, I will tell you. Not easy to get that information. NBA players not required to get vaxxed, even though um, about 85% of them are vaxxed, okay? That the union says, no, you're not going to force the other 15. Nope. So they're going to play their season, start their season with unvaxxed players on the court. And this ties into the African-American reluctance, and I'm speaking generally, to be vaccinated against COVID. Just 30% of the entire American African population is vaxxed, fully vaxxed, 70% or not. You never hear the media say this. It's all Trump unvaccinated people. They're the evil one. African-Americans, silence. You know it. Okay, but that's what this is all about. So um, my guest tonight has written a book on Black Lives Matter, and in conjunction with this stat, the staggering stat that 70% of the African-American community is not fully vaxxed, that's, I looked to see if Black Lives Matter put out a statement. Yeah, they did, but it's not the statement you might think. So if Black Lives Matter, that means that you would want blacks to be protected against COVID because some of them have underlying conditions. And if they get the virus, it could kill them, right? Black lives matter? No. Here's what Hawk Newsom, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter Greater New York, says, quote, I would say the government has shown a disdain to black people, so why should we trust them? There's been historically the Tuskegee experiment testing of syphilis on black people. So that justifies not getting vaxxed if you're black. That's Black Lives Matter posture. So joining us now is Mike Gonzalez. He's a, a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Um, and he has a new book out called BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. I have read about half the book. And there are very, there is very good information in that book. So, Mr. Gonzalez, uh, I read about half your book, and uh, it's accurate, and, and there's a, a portion of it or a page of it on me, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But what I'm taking away from Black Lives Matter, and we all know it's Marxist, there's no doubt about that. The women who run it admitted, as you say in your book, they're not trying to hide it. It's a communist organization. But the money that's going in there is astronomical. And the Tides Foundation is the key money player to providing Black Lives Matter with all this financial largesse. Tell me about the Tides Foundation. Well, yeah, the, the Tides Center has become the fiscal sponsor of Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, the main uh, uh, BLM organization. 
as you know, it, it, it got its money, uh, it gets its money from Soros. It is a, a really a front for some of the worst leftist organizations around. It has been giving money, by the way, for a very long time. Uh, Black Lives Matter itself emerges when George Zimmerman is, is, is acquitted in 2013. But you see the involvement of the Tides Foundation with the, 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 the National Domestic Workers Alliance, which is where uh, uh, Alicia Garza comes from, where she, where she really, it, it, that's just another socialist front, by the way, the, the Domestic Workers Alliance. And you see all these Tides and Soros and, and, and uh, also uh, Thousand Currents all these pass-through leftist okay. organizations Okay, I don't want to get too in the weeds money. for people who don't know the frame of reference. And I recommend that they all pick up your book, BLM, if you want to know more. But the Tides Foundation in 2018 raised $420 million. As you point out, George Soros' Open Society Foundation pumps right. millions of dollars into right, right. the Tides Foundation. Right. So with that kind of money, coming in every year, $420 million, you can pay for a lot of disruption. And, and let's not, yeah. Go ahead. Let's, let's not forget that the Tides Foundation is a 501c3 uh, and, and Black Lives Matter is a project of the Tides Foundation. So, so there is, it, it's completely murky. We do not know how Black Lives Matter spends its money uh, when it came out in the New York Post that Patrice Coulers had bought three houses we have no idea how the money Right, there's no funneled. regulatory body looking at right. them, but they do no. look at the Tides Foundation. And the point right. of your book is that these people in Black Lives Matter can mobilize and, and have demonstrations and have pressure campaigns, and, and they have a lot of offshoot groups, but they can right. do it in a heartbeat because they are paying people, organizers all over the country, to have right. databases of people they can get out in the street. This, there's none of this is spontaneous. This is a no, well-organized, well-funded movement to turn the United States from a capitalist country to a communist country. Or am I wrong? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for putting it exactly right, Bill, if I may call you Bill. Sure. BLM, in its, in its 2020 Global Impact Report, boasts of the fact that it sent out 127 million emails in the second half of 2020. That's an astonishing number of emails with an open rate of, get this, 63%. The, the average for, for nonprofits is 25%. And it says itself, it boasts again that out of these emails, uh, it, 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 1.2 million actions were taken that, that, that it knows about. So in other words, Black Lives Matter sits there at the middle of the chaos and disturbances as a city's burned, organizing all of this. They themselves, uh, they themselves admit it. The press does not report it. Press and company excluded, obviously. Okay, so when you have a powerful entity like that, working very, very quietly and covertly behind the scenes to disrupt American capitalism by using right. race, primarily to do it. And then you have right. people with Black Lives Matter signs on their front lawns or uh, bumper stickers on the back of their cars who have no idea what no this clue. is. Right. You have one dangerous situation. Right. And the reason for that 
It's because the media refuses to do it. And the political class uh, bill also has to come in for a great deal of criticism. Both parties, uh, people say, well, it's just the Democrats. Uh, no, the Republican Party has shown a particularly lack of spine in doing this. They don't want to say anything because Black Lives Matter is a beautiful slogan. Hey, I subscribe to Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter to me as a concept. I, I don't say all lives matter. I say black lives matter because of the historical reasons. But but the organizations and their founders is something else entirely. And when you give money to black lives matter, you don't give money to a concept. You give money to organizations, which, as you rightly say, say themselves they want to overthrow, quote unquote, the organizing principle of society. Right. That's the not capitalistic system run by the white patriarchy. Right. Do you believe most African-Americans have any clue about this? What's really happening? I, no, they do not. And in fact, there are many, many ways the victims, if you look at the, the horrendous spike in the homicide rate, anywhere between 25 and 35 percent as a result of the police pulling back and those the, the few criminals that are being arrested are not charged because of the rogue prosecutors. So we have thousands of lives that are being lost. As you know, Bill, African-Americans make up over 50% of the victims of homicides. So they, they are, they, they're overrepresented in the numbers of people who are getting killed. Uh, a, a, a society where the police is defunded, that has no prisons and it has no courts, will be completely chaotic and awful for the poor. The rich are always going to be able to take care of themselves. Why doesn't Black Lives Matter care about that? Because as you put it, they are, they, they are Marxists. They train Marxists. And when, when Patrice Cooler says that, she means it. She was recruited by Eric Mann. That is his word, not me. Eric Mann, a former member of the Weather Underground, boasts in his book, Playbook for Progressives, that how he recruited Patrice Cullers when she was a young woman and trained her as a Marxist in his labor community, in community labor it's, it's strategy really center. It's really amazing. It really is amazing. All right. Now, in your book, you have a, uh, a page on the other organizations that tie into right. Black Lives Matter. One of them is a group called Color of Change, which was right. founded yes. by... Uh, CNN's Van Jones, who at one time said he also was from Eric a communist. What? Also from Eric Mann. Also recruited and trained by Eric Mann. Okay. Um, but Jones is a visible face. People don't know Eric Mann. I don't think Jones is running Color of Change anymore. Now, Color of Change was one of the organizations that attacked me four and a half years ago. Totally bogus, made it up. But they mobilized fast with people, harrying signs and all of that. And I, I said to myself, you know, this is a well-orchestrated hit campaign on me. And then I gave a lot of that information to the Washington Post reporter who wrote the story and the Washington Post editors killed the story, even though it was true, because it was generous toward me. Now, two questions. That plays right into your belief that the media whitewashes, won't report the truth about Black Lives Matter, Color of Change, and the other radical organizations. And the second question, most important question is, this Color of Change outfit, all right, how dangerous are they? To your first question, Amazon just informed us yesterday, this is fresh news, that they will not run our ads. They will not run our ads because this is controversial material. So we won't be able to discuss 
matters of public policy, because all matters of public policy are controversial. Uh, if you and if you do in a book, Amazon will not run it. Color but they're they're still selling of, your book, though, right? They're still selling the book, and people who want to buy it go to Amazon, and the book is selling really, really well without the ads that Amazon refuses to run because Amazon is part of the whole yes, compendium. The, the cabal, uh, right. Uh, the cabal. Um, uh, and, and look, Color of Change is, 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 is a, part, a, a partner of the movement for Black Lives, which I talk about less, but it's also another suite of networks that is incredibly Marxist, that, by the way, they don't bother to clean their website. If you go to the website, they say they want to revolutionize society. So Color of Change is a partner, one of the affiliate members of the movement for black lives, which is also really, really important. Okay, final question for you. Um, many Americans, they, you know, they're not gonna read your book. It's, it's you know, they don't read any books um, and it's, it's hard to get their attention. If you had one message to the American people, traditional Americans who don't want their country overthrown by radical leftists, what can they do to stop BLM and others from succeeding? Become informed. An informed populace, an informed electorate is the best weapon we have against anything like this. Um, become vocal. Uh, test the limits of your of, of, of your comfort zone. Uh, you know, don't get fired or anything, but be, speak out. If somebody wants to, to have a training program in your place of work, uh, you know, speak out against it. Speak out against uh, critical race theory indoctrination of your children. When people tell you they want to give money to Black Lives Matter in your name, uh, enlighten them as to what, what is taking place, what is happening, what is the real truth of this. I actually, Bill, I'm very optimistic. I see the American people. I traveled extensively. The American people, I do not agree with this. And in fact, the more this information no, gets out, the less support don't. there is for BLM. The other optimistic thing is some of the sponsors who initially pumped money into Black Lives Matter have now pulled back, correct? Right. Right. Because because of people like me. You know, I wrote a, a, an opinion piece last July 2020 for the New York Post uh, on, on how the BLM had uh, something on its page about destroying the family, uh, you know, abolishing the family. Uh, it, within a month, a million people had read it. We have the numbers. And, and, they, and they, 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 they cleaned their website. They, yeah, they stopped they with the, the uh, we want to like abolish the traditional family business. Yeah. All right, Mike, the book is BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. You can get it on Amazon, everywhere else. Um, it's a very... Um, Important book in the sense that there's nobody really else doing this. And that's why we have Mike Gonzalez on tonight. Good luck, Mike. Thanks for helping Thank you, us Bill. out. See you. Thank you, Bill. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD. 
877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I, I don't do any of this stuff, so, I mean, I'm not the best reporter on it. But there is um, research, internal research, that has come out that says that Instagram is hurting young people. All right? It's own report, internal report. So according to Facebook, 32% of teen girls say they feel bad about their bodies, and Instagram makes them more inclined to do that. Because I, you show pictures, I guess, of people in good shape. I don't know. Uh, in Great Britain, 13% of British teens say they have had suicidal thoughts because of Instagram. 6% of American teens say that. This is uh, according to material reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. All right, so again, if you are a parent, see, I'm really at a disadvantage because I don't live in this cyber world. I don't know Instagram from, I, I just don't do it. I don't even have a Facebook account. I, I, I'm, I can't. All right. Number one, uh, that would be a tremendous intrusion on my life. And number two, I don't have time. Time to do all this. I have to do serious stuff, as you see tonight and, and, and all we're presenting to you. But if you're a parent, you know your kids are living on all this stuff and you got to really talk to them about it. You can't censor it because the kids, that's their whole social life now on uh, the net. And, and you can't isolate them, but you got to be engaged. Uh, and if they're feeling blue and they're not acting right, you got to really get out in front of that. It's not like, oh, well, teenagers are like that. The pressure on teenagers today, a thousand times worse than I, when I was a teenager. A thousand times worse because of all of this. Okay, this is a good this day in history. Marco Polo. And I'm not talking about the pool game, Marco Polo. There he is. There's Marco. He was born 767 years ago today, all right, and uh, in the Venice area, I believe. So Marco was a uh, very inquisitive boy, and at age 17, he and his father set out, they had some money, um, for China from Venice. So that was a long slog. You take a boat, and then you show up in Turkey. Uh, on the Mediterranean, and then you go across Turkey, Iran, Persia at that time, Afghanistan, Pakistan, up through the Khyber Pass and into China. It took him four years to do that. Marco, his dad, his uncle, four years. So then they get there, all right? And there is um, the Mongol Empire, Kublai Khan. They're pretty much in charge, the Mongols is a country, Mongolia, just west of China. They stay there in China. See, how long did they stay there? Um, 17 years. They stay in China. Must have liked the food. 17 years. So now Marco is 34. And he decides to come back to Venice. So he treks back. And most of his party is killed. I mean, this was the hardest trip on earth. You can imagine this. It's hard now in a car or a vehicle. 
Okay. So he gets back. Takes him two years to get back. Four years to go. Two years to get back because he knew how to do it then. And then he writes um, a book, The Travels of Marco Polo, and he tells the whole world about the Orient. I can say Orient. I can't say Orientals. No, 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 no. But I can tell Orient. And Marco Polo, to this day, everybody knows his name, but nobody knows what he did or who he was. And I just told you. We have a mail segment and a Norm McDonald final thought coming right up. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We will begin with Mike Doyle, Westchester, Pennsylvania. Bill is proof of vaccine required to get welfare and food stamps. Mike, you got to know that would be blatantly unconstitutional. You can't select one group of American people for special treatment or scrutiny. So that would never happen. Roxana, good call on President Biden's incompetence bill in your column entitled Lost. He fails to foresee the consequences of what he proposes. Now he has become a tyrant. So my column, Lost, posted on BillOReilly.com. I hope you read it. We are are so far ahead in our reporting on President Biden. It's not even, I don't even know who's second in the entire country. Susan, Bill, you said Mr. Biden doesn't understand cause and effect. I beg to differ. He doesn't care. All right. Maybe he doesn't care. I don't, I can't read minds. Roxanne Siegel, Deland, Florida. This question regarding former President Bush 9-11 speech. When he referred to home terrorists and tearing down monuments, my first impression was that he was referring to Antifa and the riots, also the tearing down of our cities such as Portland. Why did every media, including you, Bill, think he was referring to right-wing extremists? Because in the past, Mr. Bush has selected them for special scrutiny. As I discussed last night, I could be wrong on this, but it, I'm putting it into context, Roxanne. But it's a good observation that you make. John Kilfoyle. Levittown, New York. All right, John, talking to a fellow Levittown guy. After I saw video of AOC strutting around in that gown, there's no doubt in my mind this country is run by evil hypocrites. Well, she certainly doesn't see herself as evil. She sees herself as a socialist communist. You know, power to the people. Let's give everybody's money to them. Now, is that evil? I think so. I think taking my stuff that I've worked very hard to earn, that I have a right to give to my children, taking it away from me is evil. 
Uh, Candy Calloway, Bryceville, Florida. Bill, love the bumper sticker. Throw that bumper sticker up there. And yes, it is funny. I'm thinking you're preaching to the choir, however. It's been a long time since I've run across a Democrat with a sense of humor. They won't get it. Oh, they'll get it. They'll get it, Candy. So I want everybody to get these. And, and, but it's funny. We're not doing it to be mean. Regret, regret your 2020 vote? Yeah, with the little, with the little bird. <laughs> the, you know, the eagle. Um, so we're selling them in packs of five. And, uh, you know, just give them out. Now, if you buy any of my books, including Killing the Mob, you get two regret bumper stickers free. All right? So we're always trying to look out for you. If you haven't read any of the Killing books, there are 10 of them out there. If you haven't read Mob, shame on you. But now you order from us, you get two bumper stickers free. I love those stickers. Now, I want to see them on Long Island and Manhattan, Jersey and Connecticut. Come on, because I'm driving around. I'm looking. Let's get those on your car. And uh, the tour, you know about the Trump tour, I'm going to start marketing that in two weeks. So you'll be hearing a lot about it. Nice tickets still remain. So go to BillOReilly.com. We'll whip you right over to the box offices, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Dallas, Houston. In December, great Christmas gifts. Don't be bumptious when writing to BillOReilly.com. Back with the final thought in a moment. So I'm glad to see that Norm MacDonald uh, got a lot of tributes. Now, I've known Norm. Uh, he's a friend of Dennis Miller. Uh, he is a, or was a really great guy, dying of cancer, 61. No one knew how ill he was. He kept it quiet. And I admired that. He didn't want to bring any pain to his family. He didn't want people to see him in a different way. I admire that. So... I'm going to run a clip on Saturday Night Live from Norm, then I'm going to tell you a story. Go. M Mr. Reynolds, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I found this backstage, uh, oversized hat. It's funny. No, it's not. Sure it is. It's funny. It's funny because it's uh, bigger than a <coughs> yeah, normal hat. I, I see that. Get back to your podium. <laughs> Take a look at that. Yeah, I see it. Go back to your podium. It's not funny. <coughs> What's going on? No, it was great. So I saw him uh, at the Paramount Theater in uh, Huntington, Long Island, uh, and I brought my son, who's a teenager, and Norm was so nice to my son, I could not even believe it. In fact, he put him on his podcast. So Norm put my son on his podcast. They had a blast. He didn't have to do that. I didn't ask him to do it. I mean, this is the kind of guy that Norm McDonald was. I mean, it's just, when I heard that yesterday, I just went, oh, one of the really, really good guys, 61. Ah. Oh. So anyway, I'm offering masses Sunday for Norm McDonald, and um, got to miss him. We'll see you tomorrow.